Hello and welcome. You're listening to Epic Podcast, Emergency Preparedness in Canada. My name's Grayson. And I'm Joshua. And the date is May 8th, 2018. And this is episode 16, Hug a Tree and Survive, the adventure smart approach to promoting preparedness. In this episode, to celebrate Emergency Preparedness Week, we are going behind the scenes of one of Canada's most effective awareness campaigns, Adventure Smart. We'll examine some of the factors which lead to their successes, and we'll discuss how to make the leap with your public safety messaging from information to action. All this and more on this episode of Epic Podcast. Current. Relevant. Canadian. One of the greatest challenges for emergency managers and emergency program initiatives is how to influence human behavior. Whether it's promoting preparedness activities or motivating an evacuation, there always seems to be this gap between recognition and response or awareness and action. Yeah, and I think all too often, despite our best intentions and sometimes just overwhelming amounts of communication and and information, the actual results or, or product of these best laid plans are less than ideal. And you know what? Even when you do succeed, you're in a bit of a catch-22 because it's very difficult to measure success when the intended outcome of preparedness, uh, well, is essentially nothing, a, a non-event. There are, however, a few initiatives which have broken the mold. For example, ticket or click it. Drive to arrive alive. Stop, drop, and roll. Or hug a tree and survive. Well, chances are these safety messages sound familiar to you. But what may seem like a simple motto is actually the pointy tip of a robust and thoughtful messaging campaign. And developing these campaigns is a core skill for emergency managers. To take a deeper dive into the elements of a successful preparedness campaign, I interviewed Sandra Riches, who helps coordinate the Adventure Smart program in BC. But before we begin, uh, I have something to admit. I've had this interview tucked away for a long time, just just waiting for the right moment to air. Uh, so long, in fact, that you can tell by listening to it that I hadn't quite mastered the finer points of recording a phone call. Uh, so my apologies, the sound quality is a little bit off, but the content is bang on. Uh, and I've re-listened to this a few times now, and every time I do, I'm just blown away by the purposeful and intentional use of, of crisis communication best practices and the many ways that they have set themselves up for success. So my challenge to you as you listen uh, is to try and pick out those elements which made this such a successful initiative. So without any further ado, uh, let's listen to this epic interview recorded September of 2017. Hi, my name is Sandra Riches and I am the BC Provincial Coordinator for the Adventure Smart program. Adventure Smart uh, in the Coles Notes version is search and rescue prevention. We're here to increase awareness to help reduce the number and severity of search and rescue callouts. In the country, the program started here in BC over 13 years ago based on the fact that we have more search and rescue call-outs here in British Columbia than the rest of Canada combined on an annual basis. So it keeps the responders very busy, but it also keeps us very busy with the Adventure Smart program. We deliver free outdoor safety programs to anyone who's interested in outdoor safety, recreation, personal preparedness, and we'll come to you free of charge and deliver our presentations. We host community events, and and the whole focus is just to engage with you, increase your awareness, hopefully change your behavior so that you can be more prepared and not scared when you're out there, Uh, but also understand what you can do to allow us to find you in better condition with less severity of your incident. So your mission really is nothing short of attempting to change human behavior as it applies to a risk. How do you do that? 
What is the message that your program delivers? The message is simple. Even though we have about five different programs underneath our umbrella, we reach children as young as kindergarten to grade six with our great program called Hug a Tree and Survive. We have winter programs, summer programs. They all vary ever so slightly based on the audience and the season. But there's an underlying consistent message that's the same throughout all of them. And that is we want everyone to follow the three T's. A quick interjection. She did cut out here, but the three T's are critical to understanding their message, and they are trip planning, training, and take essentials. So if you trip plan, you're at home, you're thinking of all the what ifs. What if I get hurt? What if I get lost? What if I get hungry? What if I get wet? What if I have to spend the night? So we want you to go through that process, and we have great resources on the AdventureSmart website to do that. And then we want you to think about the training you'll need. So if you're heading out into the winter, into the backcountry, avalanche safety training is a must knowing how to use the equipment that you need for that. Also, first aid, communication, navigation, just to name a few. Uh, that's the training component. Component. The last T, we want you to think about taking the essentials. So all those essentials that go with you for the activity that you've chosen to, chosen to do. So you want to make sure you have your safety equipment, you can get through the night, you have extra food, you have extra water, you have extra clothes. All these things you take with you to help you reduce the number and severity of those search and rescue callouts. That clear, credible, and consistent message is just so important. How did you go about making it consistent over so many programs? And how do you reach the right audience? We work with a number of different professionals and industry specialists, subject matter experts, if you will. So when we started the program here in British Columbia, it was based on that stat that we had more search and rescue call-outs than the rest of the country. So we knew that we have a lot of active, healthy people who live here, and we wanted to craft a message that would be um, exclusive and unique to them, but also varied enough to reach different markets because things have changed a little bit over the years. There's different activities trends that have come up and we still need to apply our message to those new upcoming trends snowshoeing stand up paddle boarding there's a few things that have come up that are really really increasing backcountry snowmobiling with very aggressive snowmobiles so we're trying to make sure that we can meet the needs as we grow as well so creating that message in the beginning was simple the whole idea was to help reduce the number and severity of the calls by increasing people's awareness and changing their behavior. It's tricky to change people's behavior. We have, we're all set in our ways, we have habits, but uh, the simple things of trip planning, training, and taking essentials, it, it's, it's universal and it applies very easily to everything and anything. So even though some of our programs can be tweaked to a different audience, uh, target market, a unique demographic, the underlying basic will be those three T's. And those are those are universal and understood on all, all levels. So raising awareness is one thing, but affecting change is, is completely different. And as you mentioned, uh, affecting human behavior is very difficult. So how do you get people to internalize this important message? That's the tricky one. How do we change someone's behavior, young or old? Much easier to do when they're young. Uh, how do we get them to make that decision so it's the right one when they get out there? Uh, but also the right one before they leave the house or if something does happen. We try to meet them where they're recreating. So that's one way that we get out there. We actually set up uh, at the very beginning of different trails that are easily accessible for high traffic, high visibility. Uh, there's a lot of trails that are easily accessible. So we head up, set up at trailheads and we create a, an event called Trail Sense and we bring in industry specialists and other search and rescue volunteers 
and outdoor uh, groups that are involved in the outdoor recreation industry. And we all set up there almost like an outdoor trade show. Or some days it's just us. And we're set up at a very busy park, at a very busy trailhead. We're talking to those people as they're heading in for the trail. And we want them to think about what they're wearing. We talk to them about their footwear. We talk to them about what they have in their pack or if they don't even have a pack on. And then we have everything on display showing them what they can take, how easy it is to collect it, find it, make their own safety kit, put it together. We offer everyone great resources and links to where they can get the training and how and why they should be doing all of these simple things. And they are really simple. We're not, it's not rocket science. We're just trying to get everyone to use a little bit of common sense and remind them the simple steps are simple. And, uh, and if they do these little bits of, of preparation and have that kit always ready at home before they head out there, take it with them in the car, no matter what they choose to do, it becomes a habit. So over time, it begins to sink in, and, and that's what we're hoping for. Wow, I, I really like that, that, that concept of meeting them where they live. That sounds like you are just hitting all of the elements of crisis communication on the head. It also sounds like it could be expensive. Uh, where do you get the funding for this initiative? When we started 13 years ago, we presented our um, initiative at the time to Public Safety Canada, to the National Search and Rescue Secretariat, which is, is a part of the federal government. And they have um, initiatives that you can apply for. They review it. They see if it meets the needs of and the criteria, criteria is met. And then they award you funding. So we were awarded the funding back in 2004, actually, directly to the BC Search and Rescue Association here in the province to start up the Adventure Smart program based on the data that we had collected, knowing that we had more calls here in the province and that we wanted to be a part of the prevention side of search and rescue. We're very busy, the busiest province in the country, actually, with response, and we wanted to start to educate everyone to reduce the number and severity of those calls. We have 2,500 volunteers in the province, and they're extremely busy, and we wanted to alleviate uh, those calls for them, but also just increase the awareness and have a more prepared province of outdoor recreationalists. So we were fortunate enough to get that funding initially, kicked us off on a great start. It was wonderful, great success. Didn't take long for that ball to get rolling. And then the success was noted throughout the rest of the country. And based on our provincial success in the first five years, then uh, the National Search and Rescue Secretariat said, we'd like to see this in every province and every territory. So a big feather in our provincial cap. And now there is representation in every province and territory with a provincial coordinator as a volunteer. And then also volunteer presenters who deliver the presentations everywhere else in the country as well. We're very unique here in BC. We are directly supported by Emergency Management BC and the BC Search and Rescue Association. And we were awarded recently uh, one-time awards, uh, $15 million to reinstate the Adventure Smart program in BC with paid coordinators, with the staff. We had a little bit of a hiatus there for about five years where it was volunteer run as well. And now we're up and running again with great support. So we are able to support our search and rescue volunteer groups um, at a certain level as well, but a great chunk of that is also to get this program back up and running. So we're fortunate in BC to have a paid coordinator, myself, staff, we have vehicles, we have uh, resources to get out there and actually meet the people face-to-face -face at the ski hills, in the schools, at events, at organizations and corporations to get the message to them. 
and you've been tremendously successful. Um, what would you attribute a lot of this success to, and where have some of your major successes been? We've had the success of being supported by the provincial government, also by being supported by other national um, groups mm-hmm. like Avalanche Canada, Paddle Canada, uh, like I said, Public Safety Canada, also the Search and Rescue Volunteers Association of Canada, and most recently, actually, uh, a big feather in our cap again in BC, Destination BC and Destination Canada. Uh, I spoke to them directly recently this summer, and, and now they include our message in all of their social media posts. So they may be talking about tourists coming to the province and, and, and inviting them, but then they also let them know that they need to be safe and how they can be safe. And that's by visiting the BC Adventure Smart sites, uh, the Adventure Smart website for the online trip plan. And there's lots of ways to to make this work with a lot of different supporters and partners, either direct partners um, or indirect uh, partners and supporters who get the message and want to share it. What sort of pitfalls or hurdles have you had to face along the way? I think hurdles have been, it's, it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem, is meeting the growing demand and maintaining that level of of meeting that demand. So the requests that come in for the presentations, the requests that come in for the events, we have those roll in almost daily. And that's my job is to sort them out and book them on the calendar. And I'm usually booking a season ahead. So I'm already booking into winter 2017-18. So it's a, it's a challenge. It's a good challenge to have, but it's still one that I need to meet and do my best to try to meet those requests. Another challenge is meeting the different target markets. So we have a high population um, density here in the lower mainland, mainly uh, new Canadians and ESL. And a lot of uh, new Canadians and residents here that are English as a second language love to go to the parks. They love to paddle. They love to kayak. They love to climb and hike and spend time in the backcountry. We're also noting, no, noticing a slight increase in our call volume, so the subjects that we're rescuing, is also New Canadians and ESL. So a challenge for me is getting our information uh, to reach them through different media groups. I just did an interview last week, actually, with Fairchild TV, and it's the largest media group for the Chinese community here in the Lower Mainland. So there's a great opportunity for us to share the message with them, because there's a slight confusion in that group that they would be charged if they called 911 at an emergency, which no one will ever be charged here in BC. It's not something that we do or will do. So it gives me a chance to clarify that confusion, clear the mud, so to speak, and reach those audiences. But that's a challenge also because I don't have all of my information in Mandarin, Cantonese. We have a few pieces of our information in French, German, English, Cantonese, and Punjabi. One of our programs actually is called the Survive Outside Program. In that, we have an audio-visual, which is a great um, story of a gentleman who goes hiking for one day but spends six. He, it, it ends well, but it's uh, he learns a lot along the way. And recently, I've just had that voiced over into Mandarin. So there's there's different ways that I'm that I'm trying to engage that community as one example of reaching a different target market. So it sounds like you've had a lot of success in the outreach side of things, but how do you know if it's working? How do you measure success as it applies to prevention? It's tricky because we'll, we'll deliver a presentation to 20, 30, 40, sometimes 400 at one, at one time. We may speak to 500 plus people in a day at a trailhead or at the ski hill. 
and and we're talking to them, we're engaging them. They seem interested. <laughs> they leave with our information. They've left with a trip planner. They've left the signaling card. They now have an emergency whistle on their pack, and we've given them an emergency shelter. They've they've earned these through fun incentive games, but then they're gone. So it's tricky to to gauge the success on that level. Um, we definitely see more and more people wearing our Adventure Smart Whistle. There's no question about that. We see them on the ski hills, on your ski coat. We see them on backpacks. Um, when we're out doing our job and when we're on our own personal time, um, I think another way to measure success is the requests that keep coming our way. So in the early years, like any business startup, you're fishing. You're fishing for clients. You're fishing for an audience. And, and we're not fishing anymore. We're, we're Like I said earlier, we're having a hard time some days, uh, keeping up with those demands and requests. So that's definitely a level of a success, uh, knowing that people are coming to us daily. Um, another success would be we work very closely with Parks Canada and BC Parks, and they're great ambassadors of what they do, and they love what we do. So they've invited us out on um, marine patrols on their boat. Uh, we've gone up to trailheads and worked with them on different projects. And so we do a lot of collaboration that way. So I think there's different levels to say we're succeeding at. Um, some may question, well, your numbers since 2005 to now, 2017, have gone from 1,000 incidents a year to 1,600. Meanwhile, Adventure Smart has been alive and thriving for those years. So why did those numbers increase? There's a lot involved in that equation. A lot of people are recreating more and more, and we're encouraged to lead active, healthy lifestyles. So the question we're seeing bigger numbers on the trails, bigger numbers on the ski hills, bigger numbers in the backcountry where people wouldn't have ventured before, they're venturing now. And some areas where some of us used to go for peace and quiet and not really anyone else around, now it's packed. So you have to go farther to have that remote experience, that backcountry experience um, with, some, with some solitude. So definitely everyone is doing what we want them to do, um, which is our tagline, get informed and go outdoors but we needed to do it safely. So a few different ways to measure success. It sounds like you have an amazing program at Adventure Smart. Where would someone go to find out more and, and how do you get involved? If you're interested in starting up a prevention campaign in your community, in your region, we're here for you. We will train you free of charge as a presenter and a representation of the Adventure Smart program. So we have search and rescue volunteers who deliver the presentations as well. But we also have people who are not affiliated with search and rescue whatsoever. Uh, they might be a gym teacher, an outdoor leader, a guide, a uh, hiking instructor. So we have different uh, personalities out there who lead different parts of their life in the outdoor recreation world or have an interest in it who are also Adventure Smart presenters. Once you have that training, it's about a five or six hour training, then you can go and deliver these presentations in your communities to your groups and we'll support you. We ask you to record all those stats on the website, but we'll give you the training, and then you have the opportunity to order free materials from us to distribute at your presentation. So we, we provide you with trip planners and outdoor safety brochures, avalanche safety awareness. We provide you with safety whistles, your emergency signaling devices, uh, shelters, and all sorts of season and sport-specific materials to give to your audience. So if anyone's out there thinking of starting up a campaign, we're here for you and we can help you uh, become an Adventure Smart representative. And finally, just before we go, 
What is one thing that listeners can do today to be more prepared to enjoy the outdoors? We can all remind everyone that they're a part of the equation. It's the responders, it's the prevention crew, but it's also the public who are out there hiking. So if everyone could go to the Adventure Smart website and fill out the trip plan before every adventure, that's one huge step in getting prepared. So it's easy to fill out. It doesn't come to me. It doesn't go to search and rescue. You email that to a friend or family. You send that message to a friend or family via our online trip plan. And then when and if search and rescue needs to find you, they have all that information there, which could mean the difference between them finding you within a couple of hours to a few days. So we really encourage you to use the resources that we have uh, on the website. Keep in touch with us on social media on a regular basis. And if you're interested in a becoming a presenter or wanting a presentation, get in touch and we'd be happy to book you in. Sandra, thank you so much for joining us for this epic interview. Uh, and thank you for everything you're doing to improve preparedness. Thank you very much for having me on. All right. Well, that sounded like a great conversation. Uh, you know, some of the things that really struck me is the level of detail, even going into trying to figure out what languages, um, you know, the target audiences uh, would best receive messages in. And I think that really speaks to the granular level of planning that you need to have an effective communication strategy. Yeah, they've really began to account for the most vulnerable people. And that's really your target audience. They've they've moved past uh, the general population and they're now able to to hit those really vulnerable pops. Yeah, I definitely have heard the messaging before and I, I don't think um, I actually knew where the hug a tree to survive uh, uh, phrase came from, but it's definitely something uh, that I've been exposed to over the years. Um, yeah, so I think that's just a, a marker of success. Yeah, that's right. And and I mean, if you've heard it but don't know what it is, basically it's for kids to find shelter, move to a, a sheltered location, stay in one place, and it's all summed up in that hug a tree and survive. So it's a perfect example of effective messaging. Um, okay, well, the next uh, section we want to just highlight one quick tool of the trade, and this is a useful checklist that you can uh, use uh, to help you um, measure the effective steps in a uh, well thought out communication campaign. It comes th from the University of Maryland and the National Consortium for the Study of Terrorism and Responses to Terrorism uh, called START, and it's an evidence-based guideline for public risk communication and education. And essentially, it goes through a uh, six-step process and has a, a very useful, uh, just a two-page checklist that you can use to evaluate your public messaging. And it really sums up a lot of uh, communication theory and different risk communication models into some usable kind of punchy um uh, steps. So if you don't want to do a whole lot of reading and you just want to uh, know how can you implement the best practices in risk communication uh, theory, then this is a great document to review. So we will tweet this out and uh, you can uh, have a read. You also ran across uh, an old FEMA acronym, didn't you? Yeah, there's uh, the CAUSE acronym. And essentially, this talks about some of the barriers to risk communication. And uh, specifically, when you're trying to uh, make that leap from uh, information to awareness to action. So it's CAUSE, C-A-U-S-E, confidence, awareness, understanding, satisfaction, and enactment uh, to action. And essentially, it just means people move through a staged approach in terms of 
taking action from your messaging. So obviously you need to be aware of uh, an issue first and then in order to actually make something actionable, you need to have uh, specific credible steps and instructions and um, this, this kind of stages of change model is a useful way to think about uh, how to plan your messaging. And most uh, communication strategies will start off with different uh, uh, goals. So your first phase might be just raising the awareness of flooding and then your second stage may be talking about um, what to do in a, an evacuation and then your third stage may be how to actually increase uh, resiliency. So your messages kind of advance as you assume that your uh, target audience um, is, is moving through these stages. And while we're on acronyms, uh, I quite like the five C's of, of, of crisis communication as a sort of checklist to make sure you've come up with the right message. Uh, there are different versions, but the version I've become accustomed to is to make sure that your message is clear, concise, credible, consistent, and using the right channels. Or you could use our approach, which is the CRC approach, to make it current, relevant, and Canadian. <laughs> I like it. And with that, that's all for this episode of Epic Podcast. A, a big thank you to Sandra Riches for sharing her time and expertise with us on the topic of preparedness. If you'd like to find out more, get in touch. You can email us at team at epicpodcast.ca or send us a tweet at username epic underscore underscore podcast or visit the website epicpodcast.ca. And don't forget, uh, send us a tweet with a picture of your uh, emergency kit and be entered to win a epic mug and we're eager to uh, send out some ep epic mugs to listeners so uh, do send us a tweet thanks for listening you've been listening to an epic podcast production a proud partner of iaem canada the international association of emergency managers as always epic podcasts are designed as a supplementary educational tool for the em professional and the views and opinions explored during this podcast do not in any way represent the agencies or organizations that we or our guests may be a part of. For more information about the show or the people on it, visit our website at epicpodcast.ca or follow us on Twitter by searching Epic Podcast. And finally, a big thank you to all of our contributors and to you, our listeners. Please stay tuned for the next episode of Epic Podcast, current, relevant, Canadian.